0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Bobby Gene Hill, better known as B.J. Hill, was born on April 20th, 1996, was drafted by the New York Football Giants in the third round of the 2018 draft. And after an impressive rookie season where he broke the Giants single season sack record for rookies with five and a half, he looks to take another step up in 2019 and be an anchor for this defensive line. This is Previewing the Giants. David double underscore Powis, how are you doing today? I'm excellent at jpenic74. How are you? I'm great. I'm a little disheveled. I'm recording this in a very interesting location. I'm currently in my grandmother's room because in her family room, there's a lot of activity going on right now. So I'm on her bed with my microphone stand and it's it's a,
1: I'm in a weird position. And, and this is also, I think, the first time we can't see each other. No, usually this is, we always no. we always have some kind of a video going and, and today no video. No,
0: we we had to we had to improvise. We're in a bit of a time crunch. I miss you. I, oh my gosh, D- David, you're going to make you you I'm blushing. I am blushing right now. But anyway, uh David, uh we are here and we're previewing the Giants. Do you want to quickly share uh what we are trying to do with these pr- with this previewing the Giants series?
1: Yeah, we're we're trying to uh get you the listener accustomed to this team, trying to get you to understand what's going on here with each team, little by little, player by player. That's what we're doing.
0: Okay, here's an ask. Here's an ask. If we we have been really working hard, David and I have really been enjoying what we're doing, and we would love if you can consider leaving a positive review on the Apple Podcast app. I feel like I have to say positive because <laughs> there have been some negative ones. There have even been ones where they have been positive, but they haven't been five-star ratings. But we thank you for just letting us know what you think. But regardless, we think that we're doing a good job. We would appreciate, even if you want to rip us to shreds, Leave a five star rating and rip us to shreds because that would help us in the long run. Anyway, David, let's get to BJ Hill. Now, I want to get now, David. I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. He is a fan favorite. BJ Hill is a fan favorite. Absolutely. Why this fan base is so inclined to like defensive linemen? And I I want to kind of just I'm going to throw this question right to you in the beginning. I kind of want to ask you, why is why is this fan base so inclined to like defensive linemen, obviously with the great history, but even in this 3-4 like, system where I think you should know that it's the J.J. Watts where they where these guys can get 14, 15 sacks a year, that's extremely rare. So where is this like such fandom coming from From uh for B.J.
1: Hill? I think this fan base's obs- obsession with the defensive line comes from you know, you look at all four years that the Giants won the Super Bowl. It was a dominant defensive front. This team historically has always has always performed at their highest when they're doing two things, when they're rushing the passer and running the football, um, which is why I think we fall in love very quickly, maybe qu- more quickly than other fan bases, with guys who produce on the defensive line, guys who produce at the running back position. So I think that's where the love for B.J. Hill comes in. And we also love a good story of somebody who... The Giants kind of find. And BJ Hill certainly fits that mold. So I think that's why, I think that's what it is with um, Hill and all of the defensive linemen. Yeah, because certainly BJ Hill, we're going to get to his college snap. We're going to get to his college sta- uh, stats
0: in a few minutes, in a, literally almost uh, in about a minute right here, because BJ Hill was exactly that. He was a find. Even though he was a third round draft pick, you look at his college stats and it's like nothing really pops out of the table except his sophomore year. But we'll get to that. Uh, BJ Hill went to West Stanley High School in Oakboro, North Carolina. No significant alumni from this high school. So all of you that don't like when we talk about all this meaningless stuff, you get a You get a pass today. So (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) David, have you ever been to North Carolina?
1: Uh, I've driven through it. I've never been outside. I've gone to a McDonald's in North Carolina along I-95, but I've never, uh, never been outside doing anything. Nice.
0: I've been, to a, I've been to a NASCAR race in South Carolina, but I still haven't been to the NASCAR Hall of Fame or Charlotte Motor Speedway. So that's something that's on the list to do in the next three to four years. That's in my three to four year plan. David. I hope you get there. Thank you. You'll never guess that BJ Hill was a standout during the Senior Bowl. <laughs> and we all know how much the Giants love their Senior Bowl players. <laughs> yes, they do. You make a list of the 10 best senior bowl players in the last 10 years. I'm willing to bet the Giants have at least half of those players on their roster right now. <laughs> Leonard 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 Floyd. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Leonard Floyd was just one of one of Jerry Reese's last. Like I really wanted you guys and everybody was able to tell that Jerry Reese wanted him and he probably stood out in the senior bowl too. But uh, anyway, like we said, he didn't blow the doors off with his college stats, but his sophomore year sticks out where he had three and a half sacks and 11 tackles for loss. One of the most significant metrics that backs up his play in college and his college was North Carolina State. His sophomore year, like I said, it's the only year that really pops out. But, but one of the metrics that really backs up his play in college is this. Sophomore year, he ranked fifth in total pressures, fourth in total pressures his junior year, and then a little bit of a fall off his senior year, 37th in total pressures. But regardless, even though those numbers aren't flashy, You look at the total pressures, and that's kind of where the NFL is moving to. It's kind of moving away from just looking at sack numbers, and it's looking at how many times did you hit the quarterback, how many times did you hurry the quarterback, and how many times did you actually get a sack, and that is the total pressures, and that's the accumulation of that stat. So basic stats and info. Let's now go to his rookie season with the Giants. He'll finish the season with a 60% snap share, 48 combined tackles, 32 solo, six tackles for loss, eight QB hits, two pass deflections, and five and a half sacks, which, like we said, is the rookie record for sacks. However, Lawrence Taylor, I'm pretty sure, did get some nine sacks, but that was before... Yeah. In 1981, that was before they actually started recording sacks as a stat. Once Snacks Harrison was traded, that is when Hill was relied on more, and after that point... There was only one game where he had less than three combined tackles. In the last eight games, he had four games of at least one QB hit. Three of his five and a half sacks came in one game against the Bears. So keep that in mind when evaluating his entire body of work. And per football, pro football focus, he finished with a 69.7 grade last year. He'll had 27 pressures and 356 pass rushing snaps, which I honestly thought I was surprised. I thought he had a little bit less and that was tied for 6th among interior defenders. Hill's pro football focus pass productivity rating of 5.1 was 22nd among 46 qualifying interior D linemen. Hill finished 44th out of 134 qualifying defensive linemen with a 7.9 run stop percentage and had a 19.1 percentage pressure rate on stunts, which was tied for 6th among interior linemen. So... David, I have my own analysis here and I actually uh yeah, David, I have my own analysis here, but I kind of want to hear from you based off of those numbers, based off of what you saw from last year. Give me some of your thoughts on BJ Hill's season and then
1: I can even continue my own my own thoughts. Well, for BJ Hill, I I think he's one of, you know, he's one of again those key cogs for this Giants defense. Um you brought up uh early on in your basic stats that after Harrison was traded is when Hill was really relied on. And he really started to he really started to come to bat. Um, I'm looking at his game log right now, and it's just so clear to me when B.J. Hill plays well, the Giants' defense plays well as a whole. His his pass rushing is obviously there with the five and a half sacks. I'm glad you brought up the fact that three of them came against one team because that's certainly it. Certainly tips the scales, but I I I think he's an underrated run stopper. I think. I think when Harrison was traded last year, Giants fans were starting to freak out a little bit. How do you make up that production? And you don't with one player. But I think B.J. Hill did a very nice job in... uh, Lost my train of thought. Well, because
0: what happens is you have the Dalvin Tomlinson experiment ending at defensive end. So then you have Dalvin Tomlinson who is asked to jump to nose tackle. B.J. Hill is your primary three-technique slash five-technique guy Depending on whether you're running a
1: base set or you're running a nickel set, right? So, I think he did. A, I think he did a nice job um, making up for some of that production. He's definitely one of the guys that I think we can look to this year to uh, take a step up. I think he, he, he. You said you were surprised by the amount of pressures he had. You thought it'd be a little bit less. I actually. That just, just kind of off the top of my head, thinking about watching games towards the end, especially of last season, he was constantly in the backfield, constantly making plays, constantly getting himself in the middle of, um, in the middle of scrums, in the middle of run uh, rushing plays. So I like him in the run game a lot. You know, his tackle number, tackle numbers speak for themselves, and his QB hits speak for themselves. He 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 constantly finds himself in the middle of the in the middle of the play, and really from a from any lineman, that's all you can ask for is a guy who constantly puts himself in a play. And he certainly did that. So where we will see B.J. Hill is in the three technique and the five
0: technique at defensive end this year in base sets where Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, and Hill are all on the field at the same time. So base sets is basically, you know, those are the sets where, you know, you're going to see like guys like B.J. Goodson on the field. And also when you have two cornerbacks on the field, Um, when you are going to be in those sets, Hill will be at the five technique. So he'll, so he'll be lining up by, by the tackle. And when this defense is a nickel, where basically you know where where the offense is running eleven personnel, uh, where the Giants and offenses are also in sixty to seventy percent of the time, where there are three cornerbacks on the field, we will see Hill of three techniques. So we'll see him lining up by an offensive guard. So basically. Uh, BJ Hill he works very well pretty well in double teams he opens up good matchups for those around him now you even saw week one during the preseason game David how Mm -hmm. Dexter Lawrence was doing the same thing you saw uh, Carl Banks pointed out I think twice during the first half and twice when that starting defense was out there how Dexter Lawrence was eating up two guys two offensive linemen so that was opening up other players around him to make good plays especially in the run game well you look at the film from 2018, B.J. Hill was doing the same thing. Even in games like Houston last year, where Snacks Harrison was still on the team, he was getting double teamed, and it helped guys like Kerry Wynn make good plays in the backfield. Off the line of scrimmage, I love the way Hill engages and moves, particularly in zone running plays. He can sense where the ball is very well, when to disengage with his man, and when to make a play. He doesn't disengage too soon. He doesn't over-pursue. He really gets great separation, and you saw that. 35 bench reps in the scouting combine, by the way, which is in the 93rd percentile for his position group, so that's good. You can see that, you know, that's kind of backed up by that stat, and also he really gets good separation. Another plus is that he doesn't get pushed off the line of scrimmage very much, so when making plays in the run game, it's not like he's doing it four yards down the field. So that's also another plus. And David, you talked about, you know, him being in the backfield, um, you know, I don't know if it's so much maybe we can see that big push. It's like, hey, maybe B.J. Hill can, you know, maybe push in the backfield, make some plays in the backfield. But regardless, he's also not getting pushed down the field. So he's not allowing running backs to get like, you know, to fall forward necessarily, which I think is a really big plus.
1: And that's also something that the, that the Giants have struggled with for a long time is ga- finding guys who who are solid in gap play, solid in, in gap assignment, solid in, when he is on the edge, solid in, in, in setting and holding the edge. So I, I like your point about not disengaging. He, he stays on his blocks for as long as he should to hold his position. And then he's quick enough, quick and strong enough to get to move from side to side on a block, stay engaged while making a play. I, and I think that's something that, that the Giants defense has certainly lacked. So so in the middle especially, that's something that, that's really valuable for this team. All right, so now to get to his uh, his pass rush abilities,
0: I want you uh, do do yourselves a favor. Whoever's listening to this on a Monday morning, you're not feeling great. You're feeling kind of gloomy. You're feeling kind of shitty. I want you to look up B.J. Hill's first career sack against the Houston Texans last year. He was lining up as a typical 4-3 defensive end instead of his usual three-technique role. And he absolutely bull-rushed, pancaked, and ran over Texans left tackle Mortenas Rankin, then wraps up Deshaun Watson. Usually sometimes you'll see a defensive end or a defensive lineman come in like a bat out of hell, and a quarterback somehow uh, maneuvers out of the pocket, but not, not here. This was absolutely fantastic, and it was first career sack. It was a legendary play, so... It's not so much that BJ Hill has pass rushing moves like a good swim or a rip, but it's great. Ex- but it's like, like we said with the run game, he has great extension, really, really strong guy, 6'4, I'm sorry, 6'3, three, 311 pounds. Um, and he has an ability to get off a block and use his strength and his quickness. So even though we say that he doesn't have a really good swim or he doesn't really use the swim move, he doesn't really use the rip move two out of his three sacks in the Chicago game, which was his most impressive game from last year. He used a very effective swim move, so maybe for 2019 he can implement that move more into his game instead of solely relying on his strength and his ability to shed blocks. Now David, we will not be doing BJ Hill justice if we do not high if we do not highlight how quick he is as an interior lineman. It actually is incredible. Again, 63 311 pound guy his ability to move and track ball carriers is impressive and certainly above average I'm particularly thinking of there's one play in the Jacksonville Jaguars game where he tracks I think Leonard Fournette might have been hurt at that point in the game but there was like a pitch that went to the outside the the left side of the sideline and he tracks down this ball carrier and makes a great play and a great tackle and it was just so so incredible. So he is quick, very very quick, and I feel like he doesn't get enough cor- credit for how quick he is. Not fast, do you want to be quick as a defensive lineman?
1: Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what I was getting at before. I, I think he he can quickly change direction inside. And again, we're not talking about full out sprints here. If a, if a defensive lineman is 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 in a sprint, we're in trouble. But he, what he's very good at, I almost I view it as kind of like a bubble around him, where he can get in a matter of time. Does that make any sense? Right. So like so kind of like, like a tackle radius almost, but but the ability to move move shift his feet and get to different places quickly on the inside. And I, I think early I said that I think he's an underrated uh run stopper. I think people see the five and a half sacks and get excited about that, understandably. But his ability in the run game, uh, you know, close to fifty tackles last season, his ability in the run game I think is totally set up because of how quick he is and because he can, he can get from gap to gap quickly while being engaged because it's that mixture of speed and strength that he's got.
0: All right. Now, David, we are going to move towards our predictions portion, unless you have anything else to say about BJ Hill before we move into this predictions portion. No, we can move ahead. All right. Now, David, I think you made a great point um, last episode, and you've made this point uh, throughout the summer where you said this is going to be a defense by committee. Not one player is really going to run away and become an all pro or a superstar in the league. Now, I have gone back and forth on whether that logic can actually lead to positive results for an entire group. Because at the end of the day, somebody needs to have flashy slash solid numbers if a team is going to have success. So I really invite you all to do what I sometimes do. And I'm kind of crazy. I asked David if he does this and he said, no, you're crazy. (laughs) go on Pro Football Reference and just look up players' seasons. Like, I looked up Leonard Williams' 2016 season or how Calais Campbell has been able to sustain such great success for such a long time. Cameron Hayward's consistency through the years because really, I think it's so difficult to be a 3-4 defensive end in the NFL because I played in a 3-4 defensive end system in high school myself. And really, what your job is, it's to fill a gap and fill a hole for linebackers and edge rushers to make plays around you. It's not like, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get my 10 tackles a game. So all this is to say, you know, you look at those teams and you look at those guys like Calais Campbell, uh, Jaguars, and they, you know, they had a stud team for a few years, uh, Cameron Hayward, you know, the Steelers are winning a lot of games almost every single year. Leonard Williams, you know, the jets are really trying to turn their team around. They're trying to turn their, you know, their franchise around, and he's going to be one of the guys that's going to be that foundation of that defense in that line. This is going to be one of the first times where I'm going to say this about a player that we've done. David, we need, we need BJ Hill to be a guy this year. We need him to be a dog. Like he doesn't have to be the guy, but we need him to be a dog this year. Take the second year jump, get your 65 to 70% snap share, and be a dog. When you're on the field, you know, I'm not expecting like a huge breakout year like the guys I listed above, like a Calais Campbell, like a Leonard Williams, 2016 season because that was his second year as well. But here's the thing, David: I wouldn't be upset if it did happen. I'm not expecting it, but I wouldn't be upset if it did happen.
1: Oh, of course not. <laughs> I mean, of course, they wouldn't be upset. I agree with you. I think, I think what Snacks did, what Snacks last year did for BJ Hill, you need to hope that that either Dexter Lawrence does that for BJ Hill or BJ Hill does that for Dexter Lawrence. And I think it's more likely to be the, to be the, the, the first one. I think it's more likely to obviously be Dexter Lawrence doing that for BJ Hill. And he's going to take advantage of it. BJ Hill definitely, sh- in my opinion, could be the most dominant guy on the front four. And I think he has to be, he absolutely has to be. He's got to make that jump. He's got, I agree. I think, I think if you ca- I'm going to, I'm going to jump the gun a little here. If you can get, you know, five, six, I'm not going to go much higher than six because for a guy like B.J. Hill to predict more than six sacks I think is a little lofty. But if you can get the same sack production you got from last year and add on maybe four or five more or three, even three, four, five more tackles for losses and, you know, maybe 10 more tackles in total, I think that's a a solid second-year jump and it's a very good sign for the Giants defense as a whole. So we need him to be a dog. Like, I, I, you know,
0: <laughs> we do. You know, I, I feel like we didn't say it with Lorenzo Carter. We could have even said it for Jabril Peppers. But again, just to, just to expect, you know, kind of such huge jumps. Now, I'm going to give you my stat line and my stat prediction. It's not going to be a huge jump. But if there is one guy I can really, if I really want to point to one guy on this front seven for this defensive line, that's like, hey, we need you to step the fuck up because there's so much riding on the lack of depth that is in our edge rushers, that is in our linebackers. And then there's so much riding on our secondary that we need somebody in that front seven to really help out that secondary. BJ Hill is this guy. So I think sacks, I think they stay at around five to six. I'm going to go 40 solo tackles, 58 combined tackles, eight tackles for loss, 10 QB hits. 30 QB pressures, which is three more than last year. Now, in terms of the tackles, that is a dog year. But tackles for loss, QB hits and pressures, that is where he can and has the potential to separate himself by raising those numbers that I just threw out. So eight tackles for loss, 10 QB hits, 30 QB pressures, that's a solid year. But if he wants to take a step up in his production and separate himself from, okay, I'm just a really good run stopper, but I can also really be an effective pass rusher as well. And I can do it in more than just one game where he basically almost just did it solely in the Chicago game last year. That is where he can have
1: a DOG dog year, David. I agree with you. Um, I think the sacks will stay about where they are. It's kind of what I just said. Um, I think the tackles, you know, you got to hope I-, I would say as, as long as the tackle numbers are-, are where they were last year, obviously you'd like to see, a slightly uh slightly higher number because he's gonna he's gonna get more snaps they have to go up you would imagine you but that also means that you know I think I think teams will be game planning for him more I think it's the same thing I talked about with Lorenzo Carter when we did his episode um, we just automatically think that more snaps are going to equal more is going to equal more production and I don't think that's always as obvious that, that it's not always a one-to-one correlation like that so you would certainly hope that the that the increased production would lead to that, but it, I don't think it's always a perfect match like that. And I agree with you. I I I, I view your predictions as a little bit more of maybe not. I, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but is this a prediction as to what you think he really will do this year, or is this your prediction as to what we need to see from him?
0: No, it's it's my realistic take of what I think is going to happen. So I don't seem like a buffoon. If you go back, like if somebody goes back during the off season next year and they're like, Oh yeah, Justin predicted that BJ Hill was going to get 10 (laughs) sacks and 15 tackles for loss. That's But I'm saying. I'm saying like, I would not be a surprised or B, I would not be upset if BJ Hill absolutely went out and had like a Leonard Williams, 2016 Mm -hmm. second season type of breakout. I don't know if it's going to happen, you know, because especially if you look at, you know, he's not like, Three, three of his five and a half sacks last year were in one game, and that was crazy. So you kind of do have to take all those things with a grain of salt. But can, you know, how much better can Dexter Lawrence make him? How much better can if we do have a little bit more of an edge rushers around him into into his outsides and to his left or to his right, depending on which side he's lining up on? If those guys are a little bit more prominent, how much can that help him? So really, we don't know these things. So that's why I'm kind of like predicting. I'm predicting a jump,
1: but not too big of a jump. I mean, and yeah, I think really, this is my last point. Just think about it. Look at the Giants front seven. As far as I can tell, there are two players on the Giants front seven that have any kind of seasons that have established, that really have established sack numbers, that have a season where you say, that guy had a really good pass rushing season. That's Marcus Golden from 2016. 16. 16. And BJ Hill last year. That's really it. That there's there's not a lot of proven production among this group. And when you don't have a lot of proven production, you need the guys who have proved it in the past to do that and excel. You know, again, we're not asking, we're not expecting a 14 sack season from Marcus Golden, but but six, seven, that he's got he's gotta be around there. B.J. Hill's got to be around five or six sacks. So I, I agree with your predictions, but I also I, I put a little asterisk on it, and I say this isn't just a prediction. This is what has to happen for this team to be successful. Right. All right, so, uh, David, I think that is going to wrap up this episode of Previewing the Giants.
0: We will be back tomorrow with our regular episode recapping the first preseason game against the New York Jets. We have been asked, like, oh, when are you, when are you uh, when are you release in that episode? Recap of the first game. Player previews are nice and all, but we want to hear you talk about a game. So I know David's really excited to actually talk about a, a tangible game. I'm so excited. So, we'll so be back excited. tomorrow. You'll hear from us tomorrow. Hope you enjoy. We will see you tomorrow. You will hear from us tomorrow. Keep on bleeding blue and David.
1: Stay beautiful, everybody.